0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast, Brighton 3, Newcastle United 1, what a disaster it was as a fixture you've got me alex adam woodrick and simon Campbell, and mark cowley to talk to you about what happens and why what it means on Newcastle terrible are we bad now have we gone back to the way it was we're going to talk about that and much more we're on patreon loads to discuss this international break we've got some guests on as well to bring you newcastle united podcasts as we build up to now a massive must-win game at brentford at home against brentford at home a couple of weeks on saturday at five thirty. come and join us in there it's between three and eight pounds a month we'd love to have you along Sorry, si, I'll start with you first. You watched the match last night. Um, time to panic?
2: It's um, it's um, It feels like it to an extent, doesn't it? Three defeats in a row. We haven't really experienced this with, with Eddie Howe. So it, it is kind of a, a moment where we're thinking, hang on, how do we deal with this? But I really don't think it is time to panic. There's a lot of um stuff going on at the moment. You know, the fixture list wasn't kind. And we, we talked about whether or not that would be a good thing or a bad thing, best time to play these teams. And maybe it was the best time to play Man City. And maybe it was the best time to play Liverpool. Ultimately, we didn't get the results Um but we could have, I feel like both those games were, we could easily have taken a point or should have taken all three against Liverpool, but for a few moments of madness and a few moments of brilliance from, from Liverpool players, uh, one moment of brilliance from a Man City player and we lost both those games. This was a little bit different, but still a way a good side. So if we'd taken a point yesterday and taken four points from all these games, you would have kind of said, okay, that's all right. So we're one point less than, than that. It's not, It's for me, it's not panic stations. And, um, you know, that fixture list was hard and it hasn't played out, you know, another another five seasons we might get a few more points there. Um there is a lot of there's a lot to get into performance-wise there are some concerns, but I just don't think we need to panic. I think we, we know what Eddie Howe can do. Um he's got quite a few new players to to bed in here. It might take a little bit more time, but it always does get there. You think back to Bruno, you think back to Isaac. They didn't hit the ground running necessarily. Isaac had a mid-mid-debut at Liverpool. Uh, just like Tonali had a mid-debut against Villa. Um, and Then it took him a bit of time to understand that what we're trying to do, and it's the same across all of those new players. Um, you know, we, we hopefully we'll see more from Barnes, from Tino, Livermento uh, and ultimately Lewis Hall, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about whether or not how soon he should be making the team. But yeah, um, I'm not panicked yet. I think we needed this international break. I think we need a couple of weeks to reset for Eddie Howe to work with the lads on what we're trying to do because I think there's a little bit of a little bit of some problem solving to to be done. That's all.
3: Um, I agree with you in, in some parts. It's It's been a really difficult start. If you look at that four fixtures, it's like how we got that to begin with, really. Um, if you go from the high of Villa game to the expectations, kind of where we thought would be the start of the season after that game, scoring five and what we did, what we did to them. And then going to the City game where, look, 1-0 is not a bad result. I think we just didn't give as good account going forward. And then Liverpool game, where we were at that point playing well against 11 men and... The sending off for their best player well the best defender and then how we've played after that and to not even get a draw against Liverpool and then how we've been really hurting the last week and what people have kind of been saying and to go into the brighton game right want to response now and then really really concerning that that game alone yesterday really just in terms of how kind of toothless it was really and um how far we were off it really um start we, we did we did okay and then after the first goal um it, yeah it was really concerning that was the case of say from from midfield to defense it's all over the park we were second best yesterday so it was just yeah that that performance alone is a little bit worrying it's just it doesn't feel like that kind of anyhow performance i know we'll drill into a lot in this podcast but in terms of intensity wise and that's kind of what we built upon like the last season or so in terms of how well we've been defensively not given like teams even a shot at some time, but just some of the mistakes the errors in that game yesterday but was just we we're so far off that's what a little bit concerning but like you say it's not panic station because people are bedding in in terms of the players coming into that side um but yeah and if you look at the fixture list going forward um it's it's a nice fixture list up until kind of november so five or six games in that premier league obviously we've got to deal with like league cup and champions league unfair as well but it is a nice fixture coming up. And yeah, we only one point off kind of where we were at this point. But I guess if you look at the other hand, we were we took until March to get like three defeats. And then four games in, it's three defeats. But if you look at it in the hole, it's, it's been a, a tough start and the fixtures were played.
4: Yeah, I'm feeling a bit more philosophical. I think watching the game, I was incredibly angry. I don't think I've been as exasperated shouting and swearing at the TV at every loose pass that It just happened over and over again. It was, and it feels like it's a confidence thing. And look, it's easy to forget just how recently the the Villa game was. We, we absolutely smashed a really good team 5-1 three weeks ago. And yet as size rightly pointed out. This is, this has been the statistically hardest start to the fixture list for any Premier League team. That's going to make a difference as well. We were missing our best defender yesterday. That's going to make a difference. And yeah integrating new players takes time and i think you know i remember saying on the on the man city preview tonali had a fantastic debut but he might not hit the heights that he that he did then against man city and yeah. we have to remember he's played four premier league games so it, integration does take time players do need to find ways to find that chemistry those little partnerships on the pitch when there are new players playing in positions they'll have to find those all over again um but I'm not panicked. I I got really, really angry. And as soon as I turned the TV off, I I just sort of felt a bit of a weight. I I, I stepped away from it. I stopped talking about football. I went and had a think about something else instead. Listen to me, whatever. I distracted myself and it helped. And we have played some incredibly tough teams at the start of this season. It doesn't mean we're a bad team. I think we're just lacking confidence. If there's one set of players and a coaching team that I can rely on, Wanting to find out a resolution to problems, we've had plenty of managers in the past who wouldn't who wouldn't actually find want to find these problems and solve them. Eddie will not sleep trying to work out what it is that's happened to this team, why the cohesion isn't there, why it's not clicking. They're going to work hard, and that's enough for me. I believe in Eddie, and I believe in the players. They're not suddenly terrible. We just need to find some. We need to make some tweaks to the balance and get a better. but we need to work as a unit, and we weren't doing that yesterday. It was listless, as, as Mark's rightly said. But we will get better. The break will help immensely.
1: Interesting stuff, lads. There's there's a couple of ways to approach this. and I think the first thing I want to do is look forward. Newcastle have put themselves in the situation where they, they now have a, a massive week when we get back. Brentford, AC Milan away, Sheffield United away is a big week. I don't think they can afford to have a bad week there now these kind of massive weeks happen to most teams that play in the Champions League happen when you're competing for things at the right end of the league but it also just reminds me a little bit of being a bit shit when you'd have three games in a week you'd almost think if this week goes badly where do we go from here and it's not quite at that level yet for Newcastle because there is still so much football to be played I think currently we only picked up one point more last season from these equivalent fixtures which is not that important but it's a little bit of context I think we had one point more this season one or two points more at this stage of the season after four games last last year. We've we, we won one lost one and drawn the rest. Now we've kind of replaced one draw with a defeat. So again, all, all is certainly not lost, but that Brentford game is huge at Newcastle. To win the game, I expect them to come out hurting and do all the things we expect them to do very well. Then you go into Milan, which is, you know, who, who the fuck knows, to be honest with you. <laughs> who the fuck knows what will happen in that game, in Newcastle's Champions League games. And then you go to an eminently winnable game at Sheffield United, and all of a sudden... We're podcasting after that week. Probably, I predict, probably looking ahead with a great deal of optimism, like you said, and like you said, Cowley, with the fixtures to come. Newcastle have been burdened by a fixture list, which is not their fault, that they haven't re- reacted particularly well to. Um, but it's okay. You know what? It's okay. The Three points from those four games isn't good. It's not, it's not a disaster. It's not terrible. It's okay. It's not, as, it's not as many as we'd like, but three points, five goals scored, six goals scored overall from the the four fixtures it's okay the problem Newcastle have got is that last year everything was better than okay and last year everything that we did for in, in from a collective position but also an individual level was brilliant right now we've got individuals making errors that make it very very hard to come back with and I also feel like as a fan base we probably haven't given Brighton the respect they deserve there yesterday and you could argue with the performance as well but I'll put it I'll put it this way Brighton finished in the top six last season, so it's a top six game away from home. Newcastle don't win against top six teams away from home. In fact, you have a think, lads. I can't think about the last time they beat Spurs last season, but the Spurs finished eighth. When when have we gone and won at a top six team away from home? Now we've gone into Brighton yesterday, and it almost hasn't been treated as that. But it is. Is that Brighton three wins out of four now as well? Am I correct in thinking that's so, a fantastic start to the season? Um, you d- we don't win at top six away games generally you definitely don't win when your goalkeeper does what he does there Mm. and it's almost like the game itself is okay before in fact the first half is okay newcastle probably have the better of the goal scoring opportunities created through their own um creativity they give brighton a goal there's a lot of social media stuff because brighton play through you so often and brighton get to the edge of your box so easily like every team that plays them every fan base particularly good teams just loses their heads this isn't good enough this is a disgrace this is poor that's just what brighton do they do it to better teams than Newcastle regularly. Brighton aren't perfect. It's the reason they finished sixth, not first. What happens at half-time is the biggest concern. There there are underlying issues here with Newcastle United, and for all the kind of me saying the future looks bright, the problem Newcastle have are are three things, in my opinion. Number one, everyone's got last season in their memory. We're not not unique anymore. Teams respect us more, and I'm not sure we have solutions to the solutions that teams have, have counted for us. Uh, when Newcastle have to break a team down, when we've talked about this on, at length last season over the summer, when Newcastle are behind the game and have to work their way back into it, they, they don't have any solutions to me. I didn't see a single solution. I didn't, after half time when the subs came on, I didn't see any uh, change in stylistic play. I didn't think, okay, they're trying something different here. It's like for like here. Yes, there was a change in formation slightly. Newcastle are a team that other teams want to give the ball to, and that's a problem. Teams don't want to give the ball to Liverpool. They don't want to give the ball to Arsenal They don't want to give the ball to Man City Possibly even Manchester United I feel like at the minute Teams are quite happy for Newcastle To have possession of the ball Adam your point about Bottom is a good one Because he, like, without him in the team Our ability in possession back to front just collapsed Like what an important footballer he is for this, mm. this this team And the final thing Is that individual errors are killing us Are absolutely killing us Now we'll talk about some performances later on Maybe and we'll need to talk more about this fixture Because that's what that podcast is about that's two weeks in a row Nick Pope has made an identical error in an identical position. Last week, he, he got a bollocking off Kieran Trippier against Liverpool for booting the ball out of play when Trippier was open. This week, instead of passing to Trippier, he tried to play it up the pitch, and he didn't choose to pass it out of play. That's compounded by an error. We aren't going to beat Brighton in any context, context with Nick Pope making those errors. It, no. it, it is simply yeah. we are not a good enough team for that to happen. And Nick Pope was brilliant last season. The defence was brilliant last season. Yesterday's defence was actually the defence that played so well together. Season 21, 22, when Eddie Howe sorted out the defence. That was the back four. Target, Burn, Shah, Trippier. Pope wasn't there. Yesterday, they looked like a group of lads who'd never played together before. Newcastle have got massive issues on the left side of their pitch at left back. And it's coming out every game. And I'm just not seeing any solutions now. It's the perfect time for an international break. Because like you said, Adam... I'm sure they'll be working on solutions. But whilst Newcastle are still a good side, and I don't think there's any reason to panic. We need to come up with some solutions fast because teams have got solutions to to us in the way we play. And I, again, going back to maybe Brighton's second half yesterday and Liverpool second half last week, we're both just we're both fine with us having possession of the ball, and that's a bit of a concern when te- when teams aren't that bothered about taking it off you. Yeah? Now you have it, lads. You find a way through us. What I noticed about Brighton yesterday, we actually stopped Brighton's press, or, or sorry, Brighton's um, you know, back to front play fairly well, I thought. I thought we did a good job of disrupting the midfield, referee didn't help us. What Brighton did to us was just wait for us to pass on the ball and hit us on the break. How, many, how open do we look on the counter attack? How much grass and spaces are between the midfield and the defence? These are not things you see from good teams generally. I've gone a little while, lads. So you <laughs> want to come back to me and tell them I'm wrong? Tell me I'm wrong?
2: No, um, hundred uh, percent. Despite my optimism earlier, I, I thought the the defence yesterday. I kind of just thought to myself, none of these lads would get in any of the teams that have beaten us in these three games. Uh, maybe Trippier, but you know Trippier is ageing now. Um, that centre half pairing is probably the worst I've seen of us under under Eddie Howe. They were both really really poor. Botman raised a shared game so much. I just thought that the, the the pair of them didn't have a clue how to play it together. Share look like you stopped giving a shit. You start doing stupid things. It's like, I'm sick of this. I'm stuck with Dan Burn. I don't know. There was an attitude problem yesterday. There weren't... The only concerning thing for me over all the things you've already said is I I felt that the kind of... And maybe this is last season's memory and it it kind of um, links back to Bruno's tweet of, well, just give us a break, lads. We got top four last year. It's like, yeah, okay. But I feel like that never say die attitude, that kind of in it to the end. We just haven't had that so far this season. More... So um, last year was all about we outlasted teams. We were the more potent side in the last twenty minutes games. That hasn't happened yet. We seem to be the one that tire. We seems to be the one that seem to be the ones that run out of energy. And I don't know if that's a fitness and I don't know if that's an Eddie Howe development thing. We'll get there, but something's a bit off in that respect. But yeah, it doesn't help when you're back for. It's just all, like they all had probably the worst games of their careers yesterday.
4: I just want to say you, you're absolutely right, and this is what Liverpool did in the second half. They turned the fact that we were going to. Start dominating possession into an advantage to them because they were just wait, they were just waiting for that mistake that would make and then they were away, and the fact that these teams that were that we've been playing can pass so competently around our press and look Brighton, the goalkeeper had it pretty much inside the six yard box and he was just nonchalantly chipping it out to the, in the center of midfield because it was that easy. We were supposed to be dangerous, threatening them in their own box, and they just they just weren't bothered. It didn't phase them. They passed around us so easily, and suddenly we've got three or four players up next to their box, and they they're turning on the ball and and and, and attacking us, and we've we're having to sort of chase them constantly. And they did that all the time. So when the press didn't start working, I think that's when the confidence went because if, if that's your game plan, and they can nullify it so easily, then what do we do? What's what, what's plan B? Because that isn't working, and I think we. You know, off the strength of that, Brighton got the backs up. there, a very good side, and then, as he said, the individual errors cost us. And and when you see a few individual errors, it just seemed to be infectious in the team. It everyone was doing it. it nobody nobody played well yesterday, and it was compl- whether it was complacency. I remember Eddie Howe uh, pre match said we've got a plan. I remember I remember him saying we've got a plan to to beat Brighton. We always train for the team that we're playing. And, I mean, it might it might have been a very good plan, but if Brighton are going to execute their plan even better than us, then it sort of doesn't matter what we've been working on for the last week.
1: Really quickly, I just want to touch on what you said there, Sai, about Bruno's uh, tweet, whether it was him. It was a couple of weeks ago. For those who don't know who are listening, he, re- he replied to a fan account tweet, say which basically said, is it too early to start criticising players after the Man City game, saying, after everything we've achieved in the last 80 months. That's really telling for me because... Because I've got a message from Bruno as, as good as he's been And let's talk about his later on the show doesn't fucking matter Like Honestly football doesn't work like that mm. You've got to perform week in, week out If you're a good footballer at a good club competing at the highest level What you did 18 months ago or in the last 18 months doesn't matter It's all about the next game It's all about keeping those levels consistent And Newcastle haven't done that Probably across all of the last three fixtures But definitely across the last two We're in a break now. That's the end of part one. There's some adverts coming up. If you want to get rid of these adverts uh, from your ears, join us on Patreon. It's only £3 a month for these podcasts, Advertisement 3. Back after these.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSC. We'll
1: talk about the game now. I suppose we we'll, we'll must talk about the game. Uh, Mark, speaking to all of, of you lads uh, off-air before this, you are probably the most critical of Newcastle's performance. What was it in particular you think went wrong?
3: Um, there's a lot of things went wrong, really. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, like to say, we started, we started okay. That, especially that first five minutes, we had two good chances, really, to Eastside. Should have done better. I don't know if the first chance came a bit too early for him or not. But um, yeah, just their the overall like intensity, what I said before, like you say, it's not a performance we're quite used to under Howe. Um, we've seen it very little. Villa last year, for example, is one of them. But it just felt we were just completely off it, lethargic, second best to everything. Once they said they played through our press, that was it. It was just. I think a few things. Defensively, Botman obviously massively missed him. Um, he just elevates everyone's performance. And obviously, Dan Byrne, as we've seen, kind of even a little bit at Liverpool last week, he was out of position. And yesterday just didn't look anywhere near that kind of standard of need, especially going away at Brighton. Maybe he's a weaker side at home. He's okay, but not the side of Brighton. Um, so he was massively missing. Like you say, side Shaw's performance. It, it, Charlotte's so much better with, with and comfortable with Botman, And the third goal kind of sums it up, really, in terms of what he did, in terms of... He got the shot away, but he should be putting his body in the line, really. It's mm. just a, like a leg up. It's kind of just not good enough, really, and obviously, the flexing goes in. Um, that's one But I think the it was midfield, really, um, it just didn't work. Really disjointed. Um, I know we're going to talk about in terms of maybe what we needed, but... That midfield, I mean, the first game, it worked, you know what I mean? Um, But we didn't have someone really that kind of defensive-minded. And if you look at individual performance, Joe Linton, has he trained all week? Should he started? Hindsight, no, because he probably knows that now. He'd bring him off after, what, the 50-odd minutes. Um, He was really poor as well. He was really bad. Yeah, he was really really
1: poor. Let's talk, because I think think you could go through all the midfielders and I'll give you the chance (laughs) to. I'm pleased you brought us on to Joe Linton. If there's, if there's one position in the team of the first 11 that I'm worried about, it's Joe Linton. And that brings us on to transfer window stuff, which we'll talk about later. But Joe Linton played second half last season as a left attacking forward. Was unbelievable. Scored goals, created chances, did things. We then brought in a player in that position. And Joe Linton has the last three fixtures gone off about the same time each week. Like you don't associate Joe Linton going off on 60-65 minutes against anyone in any position. He's also, if, if we look at the last two away games in particular, when, like you say, Cowley, we've really struggled to protect the defence and there's been space in front of the defence cons- consistently. The one player you'd expect to have the the engine and the ability to get back in is Joe Linton, and he's just he's just been absent. I don't know what's going on. And like I think you just said there, sire Cowley, if he's not fit, why is he playing? you got Elliot Anderson, who is the star of preseason. It just seems so backwards to think, well, how, like, Anderson's proved his place, He's the lad in form, but we're just going to pick a half-fit Joe Linton. What do you, I'll open it to the floor. What do you think about Joe Linton? What's, what's going on?
2: No, I agree. I agree. I thought um, of all the... You literally need him in games like that. If you're away at a good side, you need Joe Linton at his absolute best doing what he does. But if he wasn't ready or, he, you know, he's not in form, clearly. He's had a, he's had a rough couple of games and, it, and took a big knock. But I totally agree. If he wasn't right, you've got Anderson or you've got Longstaff. You know, both players who are, have proven, have, have, you know, are fit for purpose. For that game, I would say long staff, obviously, because I love him. Um He also got the assist, by the way, you know, great <laughs> right, right ball. Um, but yeah, it's, that midfield, you're absolutely right, Carly, it didn't work. And Joe Linton is the one, out of all of them, you know, you can forgive uh, Bruno and Tonali who try to do clever things. They try to find clever little passes. Joe Linton's job isn't that. Joe Linton's job is to break up the play. It's to, to bully people. And he hasn't done that once this season yet. And he misses a big chance at one. Yeah, no, that's yeah.
1: that, Again, it's those moments where... The individual quality just isn't quite there. He's got the ball on his on his, I think it's his left foot, in the penalty area with, with a crowded box in front of him. But he just ha- he just has to hit that in the on target in the corner of the net, and it's a goal, and it's one one. And we're not a good enough side. Last season, probably not a good enough side to go to top six sides away from home and miss those chances. Yeah.
4: For what it's worth, I do think Joe Linton played well against Liverpool. I, I, he, I, I singled I singled him out as one of our best performers that day. Certainly based on the first half, I think. (laughs) Everyone crumbled in the second, but yeah, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because Eddie Howe has put him in because I guess there's trust there, there's reliability. He knows what he's getting out of Joe Linton, but it's weird because he will hold back players on the bench if he doesn't feel that they're fit enough. And yet he's arguably played somebody who wasn't fit to start and that's evidently shown and it's it's damages, it hurt us. So there are always risks to take with team selection. Eddie Howe took a gamble on Joe Litton, it seems, and it, and it didn't pay off and it, it cost us. I mean, I think if we talk about the midfield and how we were just second best to, second best to everything, there's nothing that epitomized our performance more than the way we conceded the second goal yesterday. Um, it was Billy Gilmore with a really, really heavy touch. Now, if we're fighting, if we're going toe to toe with this team, we punish that mistake and we win possession back. We didn't. Bruno couldn't get there fast enough. Gilmore, Billy Gilmore gets another chance to, to poke it forward. He pokes it forward to Evan Ferguson. And then suddenly you've got Dan Byrne running off to the left. You've got Cher running off to the right. It opens up the goal for him to have a shot. And guess what? He scores because he's that good. And it was this non-this sort of absent defensiveness. Um, you know, the, de, the absent defense that we that we showed and this being second best to everything, we were slow off the mark, we weren't alert, we just didn't have the impetus that they did, they wanted it more, and that goal for me completely epitomised our performance yesterday.
1: Carly, because you were talking about the midfield, I'll come back to you, a lot of the discourse I've seen after this one is Tonali and Bruno are the ones who are coming in for the most criticism in terms of the two of them want to play the same position, That they're making the same runs, Thoughts? Do they work together? Is that two players playing? You know, playing for one position. Is it too early to tell? What do you think?
3: I think only four games in, aren't we? He's very new to the league. I think when tonali was signed, we were thinking he's going to be that more upgrade on long staff and that really kind of number six, more of a holding player who's going to get the ball moving a bit quicker and re- maybe he's like release Bruno a little bit higher at the pitch. I think that's what our initial thoughts were. But just even after the, of the Villa game, you've seen he's not that type of player. Really, he is. He is box to box. And you can't create chances, you can't score goals. And yeah, so far it hasn't worked because they are kind of, it's getting used to it, to playing together, first of all. But when you've got three kind of players a little bit of a like, you haven't got anyone really that is much more defensive minded who can, for that, as you said, for that second goal, someone's probably in that position um, or someone's getting that tackle and you don't have that much space probably if, if someone is like that. So Bruno, and yeah, they are making like similar runs and I don't know if it's affected... Bruno's game a little bit because he's coming to more criticism I think Tanali was the better of the three yesterday I think he shouldn't have been brought off I think if anyone it was probably more Bruno who should have been brought off um, again we know last Sunday Tonali was very very good and got brought off but I think it's just affected Bruno where he needs to be at this moment like what position he needs to be in um, and I don't know if he's just not up the pace yet um, or teams are kind of working it out a little bit or finding solutions because we've seen how good Bruno was and then we've seen last season where at times, probably second half of the season, they crowd him out, fouling him um, because they knew he was the most dangerous player. But it just, yeah, it hasn't seemed to have worked yet. I don't know if it's the case that we need someone... More defensively, might I say, I don't know, just say long staff, um, although... You, when, you don't just say long staff, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good solution. No, it is, I mean, guy analysed afterwards and said the kind of win, I think Jamie Rednapp did, didn't he, in terms of him being out the side and being in the side, in terms of were goals conceded and actual overall points. Um, so he could go in there, maybe, obviously, like I say, he is more defensive, he'll do the long running for you, to kind of maybe release him, it might work a little bit better, but... Again, Longstaff came on the last two games and he's not made an impact. Um, he's, we've conceded two goals both times when he's been on the pitch. So he hasn't played well when he's actually came on. I don't know if it, it's a case of it's better if he just starts rather than the impact he comes on is off the bench. Uh, but yeah, we need to like say it's still early days now. I think we've got it, like I say, easier on the fixtures where we are going to get a little bit more of the ball um, rather than case of these games where, like I say, Man City and Liverpool we've got less even though Liverpool went out of 10 men in the end but um, yeah I think it's, it is too early to tell but so far it hasn't hasn't
2: worked out as we might have thought it would we haven't got the balance we had last season and I'm not I'm not advocating that Sean Longstaff's a better midfielder than Tonali by the way I totally understand that is an upgrade we've brought, brought in an international brilliant footballer who once he finds his feet properly and he has played very well at home and um, you know we've got, we've got a real player on our hands there but we haven't got the balance right yet because this is what we're talking about here isn't it those three midfielders didn't seem to know each other's jobs they didn't seem to know who was meant to be going who's meant to be tracking the man who's meant to be sitting um, I know Eddie Howe's kind of just explained he wanted it to be fluid but that's probably going to take a bit of time especially for them to get used to each other there's probably a bit of a language barrier as well but um, and yeah, you throw into that, the, the Joe Linton equation. But then also, Sean Longstaff hasn't played a lot of minutes. He's missed a bit of pre-season. Whether he's ready to start games, I don't know. I'm glad he got some minutes yesterday because he, uh, he'd be a shoe in for Brentford. But yeah, I just think there's something something not quite right there in that entire midfield.
1: I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying, and, and there's a lot of logic there. It just sounds terrible. <laughs> it just sounds so bad that like... The whole thing about Tonali is he came in at the start of pre-season, so he was at Rangers before the US Tour, so all this shit has to happen. In like, I just feel like other Premier League clubs, particularly at the top end of the league, even if they have a bad start of the season, aren't having these kind of conversations. It's a bit like, you, you are right, Sai, because something's going wrong, so there has to be a reason that it's going wrong. And maybe it's just wrong player or wrong system or, or, or maybe Bruno's not doing what he should do or, or the fact that Joe Linton's been off the pace affects the other two or... I just uh, you, you have articulated what I think most fans think and feel about this situation. And Eddie Howe, post game, says, You know, the fact that he addressed it was quite telling. The fact that he even normally you would just be like, We've got one of the best midfields in the country, it hasn't quite happened in last three games. But he said, You know, I'm not picking on individuals here, but it is always going to take time. Well, that's an admission that something isn't working, and I just feel like language barriers and even Sean Longstaff missing a bit of pre-season. Like, However, oh, four weeks into the Premier League season here, Like, if you're not fit enough to come off the bench and play half an hour, well, which he, he is fit enough, I just I just feel like we're looking, we might be looking for smaller reasons that, that exist. I, don't, I hope you're right, but everyone thought Newcastle were going to, everyone, lots of people thought Newcastle United would go out and buy a number six in the summer, who we'll allow Bruno Gomorrah to go back and play further up the pitch, which does the most damage to our position, and will shield the defence better than we did last season. We didn't do it, and instead, we've got Tanali who looks a million dollars when he's on the ball. Few question marks when he's not on the ball. His role in that cataclysmic first goal yesterday was it was a joke. Yeah, um, the, the terrible clearance can happen, but then the lack of ability to, or not ability, the lack of desire to really yeah. get in front of that shot. I mean, the shot. It's, this is the thing. You can you can you look at all these individual parts of that goal and they're all terrible. but It's like you should you should block the shot. Well, the shot was shit. Like yeah, it was a hard <laughs> shot straight at the goalkeeper who should have caught it or it away. Not so. It's like. I don't want to be too hard on Tonali and say it's his fault that that happened because he'll be thinking, Fucking hell, can the keeper just either kick the ball to one of our players yeah. or catch the ball? And we're not we're not having this conversation here, and he's not implicated in it. But it just does seem like the most important part of our team last year in terms of success. And it's only three weeks, like you said, of them since fan accounts of fans and Sky Sports were asking, is this the best midfield in the Premier League? And fuck me, look at us now. <laughs> I think I think Joe Willock's a big loss, but then. Joe Willick's a massive loss, but he was always going to be a massive loss. Why would a player who, who plays thirty games for you last season in that position, who's not here, of course he's going to be a loss. But does he get in the first eleven? That's and that's one of the big questions that this midfield have on them at the minute. Because, like you just said, Sai and Cowley, you know, there, there is a balance issue. And Sean Longstaff last season didn't didn't do loads on the ball, did lots off the ball, but was supposed to make or allow other players to do things nicely, not just his midfield colleagues, but also. The right-hand partnership. Tenali's supposed to enhance that right-hand partnership, and he's a bit unlucky not to get a goal yesterday through a big deflection. Keeper does well, but it's just you know we don't have much down the left and down the right. Everyone just seems to have worked us out, and then okay, well what about the middle? Well, there's nothing coming through the middle as well. So, midfield-wise, a lot of those things you just said, this so I could be true. I would hope they aren't because if if, if that if if is <laughs> a, a football club playing at the Champions League, if we are kind of. At the whim of um language barriers and people not knowing each other properly, whilst partnerships do take time to develop at this level, we're in for a long season.
4: I think it'll click. Look, these are really talented midfielders, they're talented footballers, and Eddie Howe, you just know that when he's giving players individual instructions team instructions he's got clarity of communication he can communicate exactly what he wants players to do that, that's, that's something that we know about Eddie Howe and we could presume that if he has an idea in his head to fix this he will be able to to train and drill and say communicate those those ideas to his players it's far too early to be writing off um, can Bruno and Tonali play it together? It's 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 just far too early. Who 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 even knows? But Eddie doesn't even know. Nobody knows yet. It's far too early. Yes, there's. I think they play in different positions. I think obviously Tonali's someone who seems to sort of venture forward and maybe sometimes holds the ball up. I saw him trying to hold the ball up um, in a sort of deeper position against uh, Man City, I believe. And and it, and it. I think it's just trying to work out those. Trying. You know, all it takes is a loose pass or. Some two people not on the same page that can suddenly these things can get completely amplified. We will drill down, we will work out a combination that works, but they the, the attributes that they bring to that midfield should be should be good enough that should be good enough for a Premier league midfield and I think in the in the first half against Liverpool, we won that midfield battle, but we absolutely didn't in the second half It can be done Aston Villa. I remember Bruno going on the half turn and leaving Douglas Louise like 10 yards behind him because he was just superb. We can't forget that these players have played well that just simply weeks ago, they don't just suddenly lose it. Yes, there is a problem, but we can't write them off yet and it's far too early to be doing so in my opinion.
1: The issue, and you're right, but the issue, what I'd say there is Bruno Gomorrah leaves Louise on the half turn when Newcastle are comfortably ahead in the game with the home crowd on his back. And I suppose the question's being asked of this midfield right now, or can you do it when the game is against you? Can you do it when teams have a solution to what you want to do as plan A, or teams are 1-0 up and you're chasing the game? And that's the concern, is that against Man City, and even at 1-1 against Liverpool, there was there's, and nearly all of yesterday, particularly at 0-1 onwards, they, they, they don't seem to have any answers. But But maybe, again... It, like looking at individuals and they are very good individuals which is why we look at them and they've set themselves a higher standard. Maybe it's an overall team dynamic rather than an individual player dynamic.
4: I was just going to say when a player is trying to integrate in a new midfield you kind of rely on the players that are already there Joel Linton and Bruno to be the ones who are reliable they're playing on form they know what they're doing to sort of guide and steer the new guy. Now it seems that Bruno's form has kind of lost him the last couple of games he's not able to do that he's losing confidence and Tenali's sort of outshining him a bit even if he isn't playing the best. He's, he's, you feel like he's getting there. He's, he's, he's trying to make things happen. And it's sort of a role reversal. Bruno doesn't like that. And I think he's feeling that pressure a bit, but when, he, when you're trying to integrate a new player, you just need your existing players to be there on form, on song, steering them and guiding them into, into the role that they're, they've been brought in to do. And it's it's more difficult when those players are off form and making such awful individual errors. We'll
1: leave it there for, for part two of the show. Uh, we're going to move on to part three and talk about the transfer market and a little bit more about where Newcastle need to go from here. Uh, back after these.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Part three of the show. We're going to talk about the future, what this all means for Newcastle United. And also, I put a tweet out yesterday, Adam. It was tongue in cheek, but you know, people social media does not uh, does not appreciate the nuance sometimes, or maybe I'm just a dickhead, one of the two. <laughs> and I said that this game defensively, and particularly Dan Byrne, running away from (laughs) Evan Ferguson as Evan Ferguson runs towards him and the goal to score the second, um, was proof that spending nearly 100 million pounds on players not good enough currently to get in the first 11, rather than a world-class centre-back and a world-class number six, was proof that the transfer window or the strategy uh, was incorrect. Now, I don't actually believe that, it was just a joke, but that is, a lot of Newcastle fans are quite rightly, in my opinion, saying it's a weird old transfer window. Now, strength and depth is essential across the season in the Champions League. But Liverman has not had a kick hardy since he signs. Hall has made the bench, doesn't get on when he cast. Having a disaster class at left-back yesterday, although it's very early and he's very young. And then Barnes, I don't think Harvey Barnes would have thought four games since he cast. He wouldn't have started a game. Uh, do you think that this defeat in particular and the, and what's come before has is starting to show cracks in the transfer window we've just had?
4: I don't believe so, but I understand why people are reacting the way they are after the back of three defeats. It's it's just human. Everyone's lashing out. They want to, they want something to blame, they want somebody to blame. There needs to be a reason why we didn't do things differently. For me, the transfer window we didn't we didn't fuck it up, okay? That's what's what I believe. This recruitment team this recruitment team focus on the right characters, the right players, the right fit. It has to rely on willing sellers at the right price that's in a very restricted budget that we're all very, very aware of. Now, one of the reasons I believe we didn't bring in a dedicated number six, as, as, as everyone's saying, is simply because the market is incredibly inflated and it's just not value for money. If we were to buy a defensive midfielder that actually would make a difference in the profile of player that we're looking for, You've seen the prices that they're going for: 70, 80, 90, 100 million, 115 million for one. We can't afford that. We are not, we are not sitting at that table yet. So they it was all about who's available and what who who wants to come to us as well. Not, you know, that's another thing to consider. We ended up going for a hybrid option in Tonali because there was a little bit of six in there, but there's also an eight, there's a versatility in there which appeals to Eddie Howe. And he became available, a very good player became available. So it, 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 I feel like it's easy to say, Tonali was the wrong person, we should, have, we should have got a dedicated number six. Nobody was saying that after Aston Villa game, were they? So it, 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 is, it feels reactionary to me. And again, on the point of the, the center back, why didn't we buy a center back? Well, I, I get it, I, I agree. We, I, we absolutely need a center back. We need a more mobile athletic, younger center back to to bring in 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 the case of Botman getting injured as he is now but the fact that we didn't tells me that the opportunity wasn't there the right player wasn't there and i think one of the only profile center backs that i saw you know move over summer that Newcastle were more seriously linked with was Disasi who went to Chelsea and we're not going to we're not going to in a head to head with Chelsea we're not going to beat Chelsea they're going to throw money at a player and he's going to go there and none of the others to Debo Edmund taps none of those moved, which tells me that the deal wasn't there to be done. The right player, the deal wasn't there to be done. I like our transfer approach. I'd rather buy players that have been scouted, that are on a list, that have been considered over a long period of time, that as a plan, there's a, there's a sort of, um, that there's a pathway into the first team for younger players. We've bought very good, competent Premier League players that fit our system and we shouldn't dismiss that it's not our we can't control a lot of the market that's down to other clubs other players agents there's so many moving parts that we can't we can only react to what we to what to offers and opportunities that come before us Livermento was more opportunistic but it's the kind of player that they obviously have wanted for a long time and it...
1: so just to come back to you though, sure. like and again i'm not saying i necessarily disagree with you but did Newcastle United need surgery on their first team instead of buying players for the bench or the future?
4: So a lot of people are saying, you know, we, a lot of people pointed to the amount of players that were on the bench yesterday. So Harvey Barnes, I believe, will be a first team player, but it's just four games into his Newcastle career. I think Lewis Hall will usurp Matt Target by the end of the season. Also, a lot of people are saying, well, we didn't buy a left back when we needed a left back. We did. We did buy a left back.
2: You should usurp Dan Burn as well, by the way, when he moves back left back.
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but but he's as you said, he's young. He's just come into the club and he needs to get up to speed with the intensity. I think, as I said, Harvey Barnes will start a, a sooner rather Ahead than later. Ahead of who? Ahead of who? I believe. I believe Gordon goes across right wing, and I think Harvey Barnes starts on the left, and I think Isak through the middle. I think that's what he wants to do. Tonali's a starter, and. I just don't, I think we've bought players that we, that made sense for us. Rather, I'd rather us not just throw money at any alternatives just because our top targets weren't available. I don't want to bring in Longley for the sake of it, Eric Dyer on loan for the sake of it. I, I don't want those players unless we absolutely really, really want them. And we think that can make a difference f- for the long term. It's not just about short term fixes. We have to look at short term and long term yes there has to be that balance in the transfer recruitment and I still think we've bought more first team players than people think it's just about getting them up to speed and integrating them in the first part of
2: the season there's three things out three things three things I would like to say here one I sat in this room before the before we kicked the ball this season and said if Sven Botman gets injured that's a big concern that'll massively affect our season now if we're lucky he misses one game and he's back by Brentford but when he's not available the, qual- the the quality of the defence that finished the last two games is nowhere near top six, nowhere near And Matt target. Sorry, mate, you were great the first half season, but I just not look like good enough to, to play for us anymore. Lewis Hall was starting games for Chelsea last season. He can't be far off, get him in the fucking team. Um equally Burn just, just not not up to it. Centre half. He's done a very good job at left back, but it was scary how poor we poorly we defended that second goal and the third, you know. Uh, and the first was a shambles all, all across the back five. Um I do, however, understand what you're saying, Adam. And I think when we did analyse the transfer window before a ball was kicked, we were saying it's a massive improvement and we, we, we've yet to hit the phase in the season where we're going to be playing two games a week, including Champions League. So we will see the benefit of those of those squad players. No doubt, you know, that there'll be a lot more rotation in the weeks to come. You didn't expect them to change the team much in the first four games. We've played one game a week. I think we can't judge some of those squad players yet. I, I absolutely agree. And I, I think they're all going to improve things um, and will eventually be fighting for that first team place in league fixtures every week um I would also say that uh, the transfer window it, it's just it's just harder now uh, the, f- the first couple of transfer windows that the owners had and Eddie howe had <laughs> piss easy you're replacing like a, a broken Federico Fernandez with Dan Byrne. it looked brilliant at the time and then and then once more with botman um, you know, you're replacing John Joe Shelby with with Bruno. Like these are easy transfers to make. Even Chris Wood replaced nobody. <laughs> we just bought a centre forward, and then we've replaced Wood with Isaac. the first few transfers. Easy, like no brainers. You're replacing like a two out of ten with a ten out of ten player. Now it's harder. Now it's harder because you're trying to, like you say, Adam. It's it to to get a centre half who improves your team because Sharon Bottom was so good as a partnership. To get something that's going to improve that was really difficult. We did though. I think we've missed a trick not getting more cover. In those positions, because we we are so lacking without Botman. and I really worry about Share, who's thirty-two now. I think you know he's, he's starting. He was never the quickest player, but he looked so slow yesterday. And he just, without Botman leading the line, there's a, there's a there's a there's a problem there that we didn't solve. I'm less worried about this number six thing that everyone's talking about uh, across Newcastle Twitter. I think it is just a case of we've got enough good midfielders. One of them can do that job. He's just got to work out who because none of them have done it and so far in these games. Bruno can do it, Tonali can do it, Longstaff can do it, Joe Linton can do it. They just need to work that out and quickly. I'm comfortable that we've got the quality in midfield. Back four is a risk.
3: It was funny after we did the Tenale, um like when he when he signed and we're saying, right, who's next? I think we were always saying, oh, is it going to be a more attacking midfielder? Um, and like we were saying about Madison um, or the one, I'm not going to pronounce his name, who Liverpool signed. So Bosline. that's the one. Um, like the, the names were mentioned who could be the next signing. We weren't saying at that point, right, we need odd like a defensive midfielder and I think you're right it's just working out who is going to be in that position and someone can can do it essentially but um, going back to kind of defensively obviously yesterday just highlighted how much bot, like we missed Bottom. look we were one of the best defensive like, records last season and we haven't just got really, like, from a really bad defense obviously botman's a huge miss and I think well, he played like pretty much most games last season it just highlights had the drop off really from from Burn because we said Burn's better, it's, well, he's meant to be more comfortable the centre-back and left-back, isn't it? And we felt, well, we've got Burn, we've got Shaw, ourselves, but don't know what's going to happen with him. And then Botman, is that going to be okay? And then we kind of said when Livermore signed, and he said, Adam, opportunity, like, I think he'd be a very, very good player. And we felt if Trippier gets injured, who are going to put right back? So I think that felt like the right signing. And it's just, yeah, he's, he's going to get game time. Just, he's going to get good opportunities because Trippier not going to play every game and he's going to probably get injured at some point. And you felt that's a good sign. And we obviously said at the start what's our priority. What in left back was that? And yeah, we've signed a left back, and I think he's probably going to, to get up the speed quicker than we probably originally thought. Really, I know Dan Burner will probably go back. In that. my target's not good enough, but I think yeah, just defend from what happened yesterday. Now I'll cry that we would definitely that's what I thought the same. Definitely needed a centre back just because of that game. Really, I
1: think your point there to bring up Madison is a good one because part of this conversation is the fact that supposed. Targets, Shabazz, Larry, Diaby and Madison have all started unbelievably well at the clubs. Now, I don't think Shabazz, like the money, is ever going to choose Newcastle over Liverpool. Newcastle are going to compete financially both in terms of structure deal, probably, uh, but certainly in terms of wages on Shabazz. Lai. So that one, I think most fans should accept. A bigger club comes in, hmm. you, you can't do anything about it.
4: And, and just on Shabazz Lai as well... It happened at a time where we were blocked up because we needed to sell Alan Sir Maximan before we went in for another deal. So that Liverpool came in from at a time that we our hands were tied and we couldn't actually bid for him.
1: Diaby is, is a funny one because I'm not sure he fits the Newcastle system, but looks a really good player. And Madison is one, again, I'm not entirely sure how he plays for Newcastle United, but he's gone to Spurs who don't have European football. And, you know, fans look at that and think, if those lads are playing for us, we, we would be better. Newcastle have spent what 131 million ish in the transfer window. That's a lot that's a lot. That's a big transfer window for a, a club that doesn't really have many saleable assets well or, or players they want to sell to, to produce funds. And also as, as I mean, I think spending's up like 430 million since the takeover. So it's it's actually still a massive transfer window, and there's just like you say, calm, compassionate analysis and predictions for the future are easy to do now. And at full-time yesterday, you're thinking, why am I watching Dan Byrne run away from the football? (laughs) Like, it's really, really frustrating to watch, and that's the thing. Let's talk about the future, though. And, And I suppose back to what we said at the start of the show, sorry, I asked you, was it time to panic? And you said, absolutely not. That Brentford game... It's a big game. It should be a big game. If you lose three games in a row and you're a good TV, your next fixture by definition is a must-win. It, it's handy for us. It's at home It's handy for us. It's a team who are who are very good at this level, but they're not unbeatable. We beat them five-one at home last season, and, and also beat them away from home. um To get a feel of where you're at for the whole thing, side would you drop Tonali and bring in Longstaff?
2: No, I'd be more inclined to drop Bruno honestly wow. um, for for his own. It's a big sake. shout. It's a big shout. He seems to be really struggling, and I don't know what it is. we we, we, we kind of. Last season, uh, we were told he was playing with like six ankle injuries or, or something like that. I just something's not right about that midfield. And, and at home, Tonali's been excellent. He was brilliant against Villa and he was brilliant against Liverpool until he was taken off. And I assumed, so do you play?
1: Sorry, do you play Tonali in Bruno's position and play long stuff while he only plays?
2: Yeah, uh, I think we experiment with that. I think we what we've we've come to conclude over the first four games is that Bruno and Tonali right now are too similar, and until they can learn to play separate roles, which I suppose an international break gives you an opportunity to work on that. But. um, I'm not ready to, to take Joe Linton out of the team. Uh, I think even against Brentford, you need, you need him in there as the enforcer. Um, even
1: if, and I'm interrupting you a lot, even if he goes away to Brazil, cause he doesn't look fit, but if he goes away with Brazil, where he's been selected, I think he will go away with Brazil. What, you know, what do you do if he comes back and isn't, you know, uh, these are questions you can't answer, but I'm just trying to kind of articulate what fans are feeling. They say, if Joel Linton doesn't. to One of the frustrations isn't just Joe Linton's performances, but he doesn't look fit. So why isn't Anderson, who looks a million dollars, not getting a game?
2: No I think that's a fair question Uh, and and yeah if he he goes away but if he plays for Brazil and plays well then you're obviously expecting to get back a a rejuvenated uh, footballer who's who's got more minutes but yeah it's it's really tough I'm pretty sure Eddie Howe won't want to chop and change the team loads just off the back of three really tough fixtures but I think something needs to change you know ahead of Champions League football you can easily sell it as rotation and and keeping people fresh it's not about dropping people necessarily but we need to try something different because that's a really important league game now and um, as, as you said before, Cowley, I, I, I just think Longstaff has more to offer from the start of the game so that when you get to the 50-55 minutes, um, you can maybe look at whether it's Bruno or Tonali because I think there's an argument for both um, to, to maybe just keep them out of the team and then see what they do as an impact sub. Uh, I know Bruno wouldn't take it very well, <laughs> but um, I just think uh, there's something being off about our energy levels, early doors. I mean, we, we pressed... Brighton for about five minutes, really successfully. And Tonali was getting winning the ball at the edge of their box, and it was all going brilliantly. After about eight minutes, we just stopped pressing them, and, and, and it didn't come back. And you get more of that from Longstaff. You get more of that from from Joe Linton in that midfield when he's got Longstaff behind him. I think Joe Linton was reticent to go to go too far forward. And again, I'm not sure what his role was yesterday. I think I didn't really understand wh- who was doing what. At, at some points, Tonali felt like he was he was behind the forward. He's you know he was he's, he's getting up. Later on, he's he's hanging really deep. Bruno, it's just, you know what you're getting with the Sean Longstaff midfield. I'm, I'm talking myself into Longstaff just being the most <laughs> important player for us. But yeah, I, I would I would try something new. Carly, you talked earlier in the show about the lack
1: of intensity and not looking like an Eddie Howe-style performance or style team is what concerned you. Do you back them to find that again? Or is it simply as much as confidence? Is The, the more games they lose, the less it look like an Eddie Howe side. Like, what, what do you think the problem is there and will it be fixed?
3: Um, hundred oh, percent. I think it'll be fixed. Like you said, the national break. Normally, you want to go and in national break with a bit of a high off the back of a win. But this time, you just you really, really needed it. I think over the next two weeks, he'll work hard with the coaching staff. And I think, hundred percent, you'll you'll go back in that game and watch that game and look at many different times in that game where they just didn't press with no intensity, and you'll identify that. And that's that's one thing that throughout the last season, which work really well I think you'll get it again just in terms of dropping um, I don't think he will drop Bruno um, I think he wants to find that solution between Bruno and Tonali to make it work if I think he's going to drop anyone just in terms of injury and how he performs sort of more Joel Linton and I think Bruno I think if he does bring long stuff, I think you'll want to get Bruno and Tonali playing I think we're going to see more of the ball that game you think against Brentford um, I think it's one of the best performance Bruno's played last season with Brentford as well um, but yeah, I think you'll fi- you'll find, like I say they'll, they'll go and watch this and there'll be a solution there, 100%. You'll hate that. And it is a bit of a confidence thing as well, three defeats in a row. Um, they are, like I say, off good sides. Um, not one of these is a bad side, but it's just the manner, it's not the result, that's, it's a, the manner of these performances, really. Um, we just, we, that is a big game, um, Brent, Brentford. And I think we just need a really, really quick start. And the way we have, Performed at some James's that first kind of 10, 15 minutes. We need that again from them, um, and then that should give more confidence in the side. Adam, then final word to you, or final question for you from me,
1: and that is uh, although there's two weeks to go uh, until the next fixture, that massive week that I talked about for Newcastle United is, is how do you see it going?
4: I think we'll step up because we have to. I think Bruno will take a look at his performances. I think a lot of the big players will take a look at their performance. We need the key players in these, in these tough moments. We don't need them all having a bad match at the same time. Now, what we can hang our hat on is a 5-1 dem- demolition of, of Aston Villa and an incredibly um, impressive first half against Liverpool. Now, first, I don't want to celebrate a first half, but what it does do is put things into perspective a bit. We are capable of playing really, really well and causing a lot of problems for very good teams. Brentford aren't aren't as good as any of the teams we've played so far this season. So if we start like we did against Liverpool, if we play a a match of how performance is as good as it was against Aston Villa, Brentford don't have a hope. I honestly think we'll re-find that mojo again. We'll find a good balance because we have to, and Eddie Howe has solutions. He'll think about this non-stop. He's the right person I'd want... uh, to be able to have to fix this. He's the one I want.
3: I, f- I think as well, we've, we've bounced back from these performances before. You look at even his first season, he come along and it was at Tottenham, I think we bounced back after that when we got beat there. And then Villa, just more recently, 3-0, what's happened the week after. So if there's anything, we, we've we responded well. Um Like I said, hopefully these two weeks we'll, we'll work on them.
1: I think, we'll, I think we'll respond well. I don't know if we'll get any answers to the questions that I posed at the start of the show against the sides coming up apart from Milan. One of the things that concerns me still is that when's the last time Newcastle United won a game they didn't deserve to, maybe Brentford away at a push, but they were very good second half. You know, I remember that Leeds win early in Howe's reign that didn't deserve to win that and it's kind of always uh, rightly discussed as the crucial turning point in the club's fortunes I just, I just feel, I feel like we'll batter Brentford and we'll batter Sheffield United because we're much, much better than both of those teams. And then maybe West Ham away will be a, a fixture to kind of look at the things that went wrong yesterday against Brighton and see if there's been any improvement. Certainly, like you said, Cy, um, the this first six to eight minutes just caused Brighton so many problems. And then Brighton are allowed to play well, and Brighton are allowed to make us react to them. But the lack of leadership shown, kind of on and off the pitch, to think right. Even at one nil, we we've got to get in their faces here, and like that's the thing about how sides. I suppose the cup finals one we talked about last week when you just expect them to to, to take the handbrake off and go after teams, and if you get beat, it's okay. But yesterday was another one of those games, like, like I get the second half against Liverpool, like Arsenal home last season a little bit, like the cup final where they've just kind of beaten us, and I, I don't want to say we haven't turned up, but it just it's just not very Newcastle United thing now to let a team beat you without risking everything and yesterday it didn't look like we risked much to i, I keep thinking it's three nil in my head but it was three one thanks to callum wilson's goal
2: and sean longstaff <laughs> and
1: sean longstaff's <laughs> aerial lofted it's really passed bounced heavily before the wilson put it away very nicely okay we'll leave it there for this week thanks very much for listening thanks for watching as well uh, we're on patreon got loads more to discuss as we build up to that brentford game uh what, a week, uh, less than two weeks ago on the Saturday at 5:30 because of the fixer change due to playing Milan in the Champions League on Tuesday. Uh, come and join us on £3 to £8 a month. Thanks to you guys for excellent contributions as always. Speak to you next time. Bye-bye.